Welcome to REI Spotlight. I'm your host, David Schwan, and today's guest is insurance broker and RE professional, Isaac Schwadel. Isaac, welcome to the show. Good evening, David. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, give my listeners a little bit about your background. You know, what, what is it you do and, and how are you connected to commercial real estate? Okay. Uh, so like you uh, eloquently said, I'm a, a commercial uh, insurance broker uh, focused on commercial real estate. Uh, commercial real estate means uh, something different to, to a lot of different people. It could mean uh, <laughs> um, it can mean hotels, uh, office buildings, retail centers, but on the insurance, um, on the insurance aspect, that is the fo- it's really not a hundred percent, but really bunched into one on, you know, the uh, commercial policies are different than say personal lines, uh, which is homeowners, you know, personal, uh, uh, personal auto. So my focus is on more of the commercial side of the insurance business than the personal lines. Uh, we do do a little bit of personal lines, but that's, uh, again, not, not really our focus. Uh, the focus is commercial. Uh, we do a lot of multifamily and again, <laughs> multifamily means different things, to different people as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of the funny things about real estate and life in general, honestly, is um, the definition of a word depends on who you are speaking with. And, you know, it, it just it, it's one of those things that I learned a long time ago when somebody says a word that if you know that there's multiple meanings to that word, don't feel bad about going, hey, um, I know you say commercial real estate. But that's a big topic. Can you narrow it down just a little bit for me? Or what exactly is your version of that so that I know that I'm speaking your language? Exactly. <laughs> yes, that is that is a very good. And something I learned, uh, like you said, yeah, something I learned quickly w- getting into the space, um, you know, talking to and talking to a lot of different people. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, uh, like, like you had mentioned. Um, so and again, when it, especially when it comes to multifamily, you know, you'll interact with different people and really it can mean you know there are uh, starter investors or even seasoned investors who their focus is let's say duplex triplex you know and five units is, is the max i'll take at any one location um, and then you have the opposite end of the spectrum where people will only take these large you know three four hundred unit um, uh, massive multifamily uh, developments or uh, locations so really uh, especially in multifamily and again and commercial real estate as well but specifically multifamily it really runs the gamut um, and then in commercial real estate, um, even like, you know, I, I don't know, multifamily, but in residential real estate, there's um, even from an investor standpoint, there's people in, invest in single family homes, people invest. So there's really a lot of different um, asset classes, I guess, that are included in, you know, multifamily or in you know the residential side of commercial real estate. And from an insurance standpoint, they are underwritten differently, uh, different uh, insurance carriers have different appetites uh, is the industry term we use uh, for different types of assets. Um, and then even within assets, let's say when you get to the larger multifamilies, so you have, you know, A, B, C, and then every, every you know, every plus and minus in between. Uh, <laughs> so, so just from an insurance broker standpoint, it's important to before I even open my mouth is to really listen and to know what it is uh, that particular investor is, you know, what they're in, what they are investing in and what their interests are and where their strengths are. And then I can, um, you know, talk intelligently about that specific class because 
things differ and then um, different, it, it'll, there are a lot of different pieces, but you know, just for another example is besides the carriers, the lenders are different. So different lenders, a lenders on, you know, lender on a fix and flip or a lender on a, a duplex or triplex is going to be a different type of lender uh, than a lender on a, a larger, uh, you know, a larger multifamily. So yeah. And the lenders do play a big role in what types of insurance you need. So really understanding, uh, you know, the, who it is I'm talking about, the investor, you know, or group of investors that I'm talking to uh, makes a very big difference. Yeah, definitely that uh, the the carrier who's, uh, you know, doing a, uh, you know, just a, a hard money loan on a duplex is a slightly different um, insurance package than what, you know, Fannie or Freddie's going to want on a 400 unit uh, complex someplace else. Those are those those lender requirements are going to be just slightly different. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. exactly. Now, good. if if somebody, if one of my listeners, you know, if they're moving from you know that smaller, you know, duplex, triplex, quadplex, you know, the, those smaller units, and they're stepping up into, you know, 80, 100, 200 unit, you know, if they're they're really stepping up into that next size. What's some of the things that, you know, they, they probably should be asking their insurance broker about, you know, to make sure, you know, because I know there's differences in those coverages. What's some of the things that as the consumer, um, what would they, you know, what's some of the questions that they should ask or, or should be making sure that is covered? Okay. I, that's a great question. Um, and not, and, it's great to bring that up because not something that that uh, everybody thinks about. But I'll answer generally and then specifically. Generally, um, what I would say is two two points. First, like you said before, the lenders are very very different um, on a the lender requirements because the lenders are different. They're very different on the smaller real estate than the large. Even you know we we went to four hundred, but even eighty um, eighty or hundred, the lender is going to be a, a very very different lender. Um, because of that, you have to be ready to deal with that. Meaning, uh, like you said, a hard money loan, usually they have very little requirements. You send them a certificate, whatever coverage is or isn't there, usually they're okay. I Meaning, as long as there's basic coverage, they're okay. When you get to more, um, I don't want to use the word sophisticated, but sophisticated in their insurance requirements, um, though that type of lender, you have to be ready to, um, I don't want to say pay more, but be ready to, to purchase a much more robust coverage. Um, that's a, it's from, from the lender side. The second point that I want to make um, also, and this is depending on the investor, but um, I know if I were in that position, it was it would be something that I would consider, I would want to ask, is usually when you're doing a duplex or a triplex or even, you know, five or six units, um, either you're collecting, either it's your own money, you know, you're putting down whatever savings you have and you're, and you're taking a mortgage on the rest. The, the, or you take, or family and friends, you know, a little bit of a raise from family and friends. When you're moving on to the larger things, you're really going into again. I, it, you know, there's no there's no general rules, but as a general, <laughs> yeah. um, you're you're really doing more going to the level of syndication, which means um, a is your you're building your reputation first of all as a syndicator, um, and you're taking a lot of money from a lot of people, and then what that what position that puts you in is that for your own peace of mind to go to sleep, you know, soundly at night, you want to make sure that the asset that you're purchasing is um, adequately insured. While meaning if you have a certain personal tolerance for risk, um, you know, when you're buying your, the smaller things, when you're taking other people's money and they're expecting returns on the investment and all that. Um, and then from a, 
you know, that's the, the point A and point B is from a selfish standpoint of building your reputation. You want to make sure that if God forbid there is a fire or, or, you know, some intense water damage, whatever happens, that you don't get left holding the bag and then turn around to your investors and say, I'm sorry. Um, not only can I not, you know, pay your distribution this month, but, you know, we're, we're out, um, you know, X, Y, Z amount of money. So uh, before any specific types of coverages, those are the points I would make is that when you're moving to higher asset classes, um, there's more to lose. And therefore, that's why the banks are more sophisticated and have higher requirements. But even for your own peace of mind, consider what you're doing. You're taking money from people who are expecting a return on their investment, um, who might not have the same tolerance or patience or you know, uh, long game as you do. And it's really something to consider when you know when you're considering the types of coverages that you have. Uh, that's yeah, definitely. That's uh, you know because I like to say that you know uh, that. You know, my money, I can I can be as wild, free and loose with my own money as I want because it's my money. And if I lose it, well, I'm the one that sweated and earned it. So, you know, I'm, I'm free to do that. And, you know, I, I view my money and my investors money on two completely different lenses because it's like, um, yeah, they they did work for that. And I can't replace their work. I can, I can replace my own work, but I can't replace somebody else's work. So yeah, I definitely get that. You know, you, you want to be a little bit more attention to making sure that, you know, you have a higher responsibility now and you need to make sure that your coverages and your protections are that, that next level also. Reflecting them right, so that 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 is that that's the basic point. And then when it gets down to the um, uh, to the nitty gritties of coverage, I, I don't know how you know down in the mud you want to get when it comes when it comes to coverage. Um, but generally, what we would see, just I'll point out some general differences. Um, first of all, you'd see on on the, the general liability or excess liability, and just to you know back up a step and just explain what that is, um, just to give an example, which is the easiest way to explain it, if, is for slip and fall. So if you have a duplex or a triplex, usually that will be on you know on a street. Um, you know, we'll have like you know street frontage. You'll have sidewalk in front um, in almost every city, town, municipality in the United States. Even though the town actually can controls the sidewalk, it's your responsibility to maintain that up. So whether it's snow in, you know, in the, in the colder areas or it's um, whatever else, you know, debris that can be there or just simply cracks in the sidewalk. If someone were to slip and fall there and hurt themselves badly or not so badly and, you know, have a good lawyer, um, they will bring suit against the owner of that property. So on a, on a smaller property, there's, first of all, there's less to lose. And I mean, assuming, Nine out of ten times, these properties are um, owned by single-purpose LLCs. So the actual person, you know, behind it is protected, but you still have the asset. You still have the asset. There's, there is less to lose, and um, and and it, the likelihood and possible likelihood we should, I should really say of a claim is not that high. Again, depending where it is, but likelihood of a claim is not that high. And therefore, on the liability side, we generally see lenders or even you know a responsible investor uh, should be. You know, it should be sufficient if they have, um, you know, a regular general liability coverage, which on a commercial policy is one million per occurrence. Again, this is the usual. There are ones that are basics, up. yeah, right. Um, one million per occurrence, which means in any one um, occurrence, 
the the insurance company will not pay more than a million dollars, and then two million in the aggregate. Which means over the term of the policy, um, almost all policies are annual policies. For you know, from whenever the effective date to the expiration date, within that year, uh, the company will not pay out more than two million dollars. So whether it's two one million dollar claims or a bunch of little claims that add up to two million dollars, two million dollars is the cap that the company will pay on. Um, that you know the company will pay on a. Um, excuse me, that will pay for any claims on the liability side. When you get to big, when you start dealing with uh, bigger complexes, so first of all, there's a lot more people around. Um, more people means more visitors and more, you know, and then there's just a lot more foot traffic, a lot more action going on, a lot more area, right? Again, if you're dealing, again, an 80... 80- a lot more exposure, definitely. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That, that's where I was getting right. A lot more, a lot more plays for people to get hurt. A lot more, a lot, a lot of different things going on. Um, I was dealing with a client a little while ago, a new client. Um, review, you know, we were reviewing a little bit of their, law, of their loss history. One of the losses that was there was a dog bite, just to give an example. And you know, without getting into details of, of why it was their responsibility, but the bottom line is, is when there's more people, there's more dogs, right? If you're allowing pets and more of a chance. Yes your dog will that one of the tenants dogs will um you know again we hope we hope for the best but unfortunately it's more common than you think that these types of things happen you know that a dog will bite somebody and you know it becomes messy and there's lawsuits or somebody will slip or whatever it is uh, so as you get to larger asset classes again you're dealing with most of the time you're dealing with lenders those lenders have requirements and they are going to require what's known what's called or referred to as excess liability which means um a, like we said, the a general liability policy really maxes out at one million per occurrence, and then more uh, more of a concern is the two million in the aggregate. Meaning the policy will not pay more than two million right throughout the term of the policy. Um, when you're dealing with a larger, again, 80, 100, 200, 300, you know, when you get when you get when you get really large, there is a lot of action and there is potential, and we've seen it for either larger claims or a larger number of claims. And if you don't have that protection, once you're over 2 million, um, then essentially you're paying out of your own pocket or there's a lien on the property. So what what the, what the banks require and then what a, a, a conscientious investor would, uh, would purchase is what's known as excess liability, which means more coverage above that 2 million. So that used something, you know, that could be one, two, that goes up from anywhere from, from, from another 1 million to a um, hundred million uh, is, is, you know, the, the max that, that we've seen. Uh, you know, that, that's common on real estate for uh, at least. So uh, again, so it's another thing, another, um, angled or not angled, but another product, I guess, that would be introduced when you go into a larger asset class would be excess liability. Again, um, is it possible for smaller things? You know, people do purchase it depending on where it is. I was just dealing with a a client um, about two, three weeks ago. Uh, they own a portfolio in uh, New York City, um, some larger buildings, but they own a couple of smaller brownstones as well. And they purchased, you know, again, in the streets of New York City, there's, there, there is a lot of action. I mean, when, when the world was normal, uh, there yeah. were a, lot of, a lot of people were walking, you know, walking around. So even though it's a little bit, it's, you know, maybe 50 feet of sidewalk, but on that 50 feet of sidewalk on a daily basis, there's so many people walking that they actually purchased excess liability, you know, for, you know, for Just that. Just to make sure. Just to make sure, which is a smart thing. Uh, it, it's, you know, and, and, in a lot of cases, it's really not, again, I'm not counting other people's money, but it's really not that expensive when you consider the possibilities, meaning when you consider what can happen 
and you can you can really be uh, you know up the creek without a paddle in, in a bad situation to pay the extra you know it could be anywhere from a, from a couple hundred depending on the asset depending on you know the details but uh, it can go anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to you know a couple of thousand dollars but the claims are a lot higher than that so you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you don't have the right liability coverage so that that's one that's a, a very big difference I would say going from smaller to larger assets. Definitely. And you want to make sure that, you know, insurance is like a lot of things. It's, it's, you know, you never know when you're going to need it, but you want to make sure that you're covered when you, you know, when you do need it, you want to make sure it's there. So, you know, that super cheap policy may not be the best one for you. I mean, really, and this is a conversation that, you know, they all need to have with their individual insurance agents and, you know, and especially if you're probably new in this space, you may want to have that conversation, especially if you don't know your, your, the agent that you're dealing with very well, um, or you don't know his ver- reputation very well, you, you may want to have that conversation with a little bit, you know, maybe in the beginning, more than one insurance agent, just to make sure that, uh, you know, if you're dealing with people that you're not that familiar with, to make sure that you do have the coverage that you need, and that they're giving you that they're giving you the options that you should have to make sure you're covered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would add one more detail to that uh, or a detail and a half um, is that not only speaking to, to many agents, but I'll speak to a seasoned investor. You know, what, what, what I found, um, especially within the multifamily and especially since, um, you know, joining and being active on LinkedIn, there are so many people who are successful, who are willing to help, Meaning it's it's a it's a it's a complex field commercial real estate that is it's not really viewed you know your fellow investor is not really viewed as your competitor there's there's you know 350 million people in the United States who need a place to live so there's there's enough <laughs> there's enough real estate enough uh, you know multifamily for for everybody to uh, sort of have a piece of. Um, and they're really willing to. Uh, there are a lot of people willing to mentor, or even, or even if it's not on a regular basis, just get you know make a call. And insurance is one of the topics you should discuss and ask for recommendations. You know, like everything in you know in sales or this type of thing, recommendation. It, it, the industry is heavily reliant on referrals, but um, even more so with insurance or you know with certain types of industry. You know, a plumber is a plumber. You know, you know obviously a highly recommended plumber. Um, you know, not to, not to offend any plumbers, but a highly recommended plumber is a great thing. But you can, I don't you know, look online, open the yellow pages, whatever it is you wish to do. And, and you know, the guy says in the business for 25 years, um, he obviously is doing something right. But when it comes to uh, insurance, it's, it's very, very much a referral um, based business. And it is for the reason that you said why is because you have someone who's newer in the space, but it, they understand the responsibilities or it, either it's other people's money or their own money. They just don't want to, they want to make sure they don't lose it. Um, so they want to make sure they're talking to somebody who is um, knowledgeable and understands, understands them, understands the risk, you know, the, you know, the actual asset. So the bottom line is speak to a a seasoned um, insurance uh, insurance investor just to ask them what you need and then maybe ask them for a referral or recommendation when it comes to an insurance broker. Um, and yeah, so yeah, lean 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 on your uh, lean on your network when it comes to you know um, especially your insurance agent. You know, lean on your network. They know who your your local people are, or if you know you don't have local. Um, I'm talking to this guy, Isaac, here, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have some, uh, you know, contact information a little bit later on in the show. I 
think you probably could reach out to him. I think he knows a little bit about what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And then one thing I I do want to say, and not to, not to knock uh, local agents, um, but make sure that the person you're dealing with is familiar with the type of asset that you're insuring. Um, Definitely. If you know you drive down Main Street and you know someone has their you know their you know their sign hanging there and you know insurance they they could be amazing you know and they can get you the best price you know the most competitive premium with great coverage on your house and then uh, you know a duplex or a triplex falls basically under the same category but when you start um, going to those same people um, for much larger things. Some of them are great. I, again, I'm not. I, I don't want to take credit away from there. Many, many great agents. But make. But just ask the question: Have you ever dealt with something like this before? Yes. What? And, and try to just push for for a little bit of the details, and so you can get comfortable as the you know as as the um, investor or you know as the client that you that the that the person you're dealing with actually knows this asset class because um, it, it's actually interesting. And I don't know why it is, but but when it comes to licensing for insurance, so let's say a life and health, um, you know, is, is insurance as well, but that's a separate license. Um, when it comes to property and casualty, uh, depending on the state, but it's it's either one license or two licenses or two separate tests that you need to get one license. But the bottom line, it's all coupled together, and then personal lines and commercial lines are all really one, you know, looked at from from a licensing point of view as you know the same thing, and they're very very different, very <laughs> different. Just very different car. There are, you know, some of the carriers that we're very familiar with. You know, Geico. You know, State Farm, Nationwide. Some some of them are players in you know in the commercial, but some of them are not at all. You know, Allstate, for example. Allstate is a, a tremendous one of the largest insurance companies um, out there. And in commercial, in real estate, they're almost again. For most of the most of the United States, they they don't write anything. They're not involved. They do a little, on the commercial side. They do a little bit of commercial auto, but you know they write your house. They'll sell you a life insurance policy. They'll send you. They'll sell you a retirement policy, uh, renters policy, and you know if you want to insure your <laughs> your motorboat or whatever it is, but it that do, it doesn't translate into into the commercial field into the commercial field. That's just an example. So um, there yeah. are different players, and even within. The same companies are different divisions. So, you know, if if, if this guy, uh, just another example, and then I, I won't bore you with any more details. <laughs> For example, if somebody has a great relationship with, the, you know, Liberty Mutual on the personal lines, um, they doesn't make it. They might not the, the underwriters and the 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 offices and everything for the commercial line is a whole different different offices different people a whole different ball of wax so it, it really doesn't translate over there are, again there are people who do great at both but just ask the question is is my point say have you done dealt with this type of asset you know i know i have a relationship what happens is um is that people have you know especially in again in, in larger cities there's a lot more going on and in, in a more of a a smaller quaint city uh, you know quaint type of uh, setting you know you have a relate everybody knows each other you have a relationship with this insurance broker he's a great guy he you know he did your brothers your brother-in-law your parents and everybody that you know he's their insurance broker um but that's all personalized and when it comes to commercial it could be that it's it's something that's you know out of his league so again just to get back to the just ask the question have you dealt with this um and you know go from make your decision go from there yeah definitely you you know this is it's like all your team members i mean you know you can afford to have a rookie or two on your team but 
if everybody's a rookie on your team, you're going to have headaches. You know, it, it's, it's look, you know, and especially in the beginning, you know, you want to find, you, you know, if, if this is your first couple deals, you might want to pay a little extra to go with somebody that may be seasoned just to give yourself a little bit of headaches. And that's not just in the insurance side of it. You know, there's other aspects of commercial real estate that, especially if you're early and new in your journey, if you know you're the rookie at the table, try to try to limit the amount of other rookies that you have sitting at your table. So, and, you know, and it's like, well, you know, and the insurance guy, the the seasoned veteran, he may save you instead of costing you money. You know, going with the with somebody that knows what they're doing is it's one of the key pieces that if God forbid something goes, you know, goes off kilter on this deal, like you know, that's insurable, uh, an insurable loss. It's better to make sure that you're covered, and then, like you said, you know, it's not coming out of your pocket, or even worse, it's not coming out of your investor's pocket. Yeah, exactly right. And and another thing that I, I would add that that's a great point when you know talking about experience at the table, um, even prior to excuse me, prior to, you know, or prior, or hopefully you'll never have a loss. So you won't even, you know, it, it, not even re- regarding that, but in, re- in when you're dealing with larger properties and then you're dealing with more sophisticated lenders, a more experienced broker will, will also know um, what to push back on. Because many times a lender, they'll give you, you know, the standard sheet of, you know, you need A, B, C, and D. Uh, again, some lenders, Fannie and Freddie, not so much, but other lenders, um, it, you know, they'll ask for the world because why not? But, if you're if you're someone who who has been involved you know with this these types of deals in the past you know you know you can go back and say oh i know i just did two three deals and we pushed back on you know this item you know they want you to get just go to back you know for example to go back on uh, excess liability sometimes banks will ask for you know very very high limits 25 50 million limits um, sometimes it makes sense and it doesn't make you know and it's it, it, it's difficult it's justified <laughs> And, right, and sometimes they ask because why not? If we can get it, and you're willing to pay for it, why not? You know, the, the, what, the way the bank looks at it is not—it's nothing. It's no skin off their back, and it's just extra protection for them. I mean, they don't pay the premium, and if—and if something goes wrong, then they lose the. I mean, obviously, in, in most assets, especially larger one, the bank owns more of it than you do, so they're. <laughs> They're looking to protect themselves on your dime, but you know that's just the, just the way things shake out. But to know where and what to push back on, to know what, or again, to know which carriers to approach. Oh, you're dealing with you know Fannie and Freddie. That I know that they need ABC, so that might eliminate you know certain carriers. Or I you know I know I have relationships with certain carriers who can get things. Just uh, an interesting. Thing, I was just dealing with uh, literally uh, the past day, day or two, dealing on. Um, a client who's refinancing uh, a couple of, it's, it's an interesting asset. They own um, 21 condo units um, in, in a building in New York City, in a, in a luxury building in New York City. And the bank has been back, or the bank or the bank's uh, you know insurance or risk consultant has been very, very, very tough in terms of you know, this, nego- this negotiating, not willing to budge on anything. Um, and the closing is set, you know, for the end of next week. Uh, the, for, for whatever reason, the the the, the insured, the, the client, only re- didn't reach out with a ton of time. If you're dealing with somebody who's never dealt with this before, there's a good chance that you delay the closing, which is not we all know is not a great thing. The bank, you know, it's not a great way to start off, you know, start off an investment. So, 
dealing with somebody who has experience or and knows what the banks want and what the banks need um, is always something that's either when even when it we're not referring to actual loss just to make to get you to the finish line to help you get to the closing is is something that's uh, very very key awesome awesome well we're going to get ready to wrap this one up um what's a book or a resource that um that you would suggest that my listeners uh check out is there do you have one uh, I would say an experienced insurance broker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and I mean that I I, I read uh, a long time ago that uh, uh, you know the pharmacists you know the, the, in the pharmacy are one of the most underutilized resources. You know they know so much about medicine and nobody you know everyone just looks at them as as people who are you know counting pills. Uh, I think a lot a lot of the same can be said about insurance brokers. A lot of there are a lot of great insurance brokers out there who really know their stuff and could add a ton of insight um, when it comes to um, a lot of different aspects. And again, if someone who's been around the block once or twice, they also know, they know deals. They, there's a, a ton of, let's say when it comes to real estate or you know, we're involved a lot in, in construction as well, um, just general knowledge about the industry uh, that someone with experience, you're because of the amount of details um, and the intricate details that an insurance broker needs to know, of about every single project, about every single project, or about every single asset, uh, they really, really get to know the asset well, and they really get to know a lot of the, you know, a lot of the deal well. Not every aspect. Um, the real, a lot of them are really a, you know, a wellspring of, of information when it comes to, you know, insurance or how to go about, atta- you know, attacking the different types of deals. So really, at, find someone who you know and trust and like. And, you know, until you, until they tell you to stop calling, you know, call them and ask them as many questions as you can. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Well, Isaac, I thank you for stopping by and sharing your knowledge uh, with all my listeners again. um, Just thank you for being on and I look forward to having you back on again. Sure. Sure. Sure thing.